Hi, my name is Talia Jones, also known as Eden Hawkins on Netflix's Lock and Key. I am here with Elias from the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ain't you? A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more from deep inside the Man Cave. Your host, Elias. Talia, welcome to the cave. Hello, thank you for having me. How are you? What's new with you? I am doing well. Um, nothing too new and exciting. I'm at home uh, working on some music, trying to read and get out of the house as much as possible while still social distancing. So, you know, typical pandemic thing. <laughs> right, right. What, do you, what have you been doing for like uh, outside stuff? Walks? Uh, walking, a lot of walking. I mean, you can't really do much right. more. Um, you didn't get kicked out of any park if you sit down to read, which is unfortunate. But I'm really lucky that I have a, a little bit of a rooftop access from my house so I can sit outside and enjoy the sun. That's right. It's not completely going to be vitamin D uh, inefficient. <laughs> yeah. well, ho- hopefully in a few more weeks we can start doing things yeah. again. Yeah, right. Okay. Hopefully. I don't know. The weird thing is, like, there's no knowing. Right. I think right. that's what's making it the worst. <laughs> so you mentioned that you've been working on your music. You've been acting recently on Netflix's mm-hmm. Lock and Key, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. that. But uh, the list for the listeners, are you still, uh, you're from Toronto, Canada, correct? Yes, I am. Do you still live there? Yes, I do. Um, I have not moved to LA yet. I'm sticking my roots in Toronto and staying for probably a while. <laughs> I love it here. So growing up yeah. there, uh, what were you into as a kid? Um, I was born into a very musical family. So music has always been a big part of my life. Um, not like it is now. Uh, I kind of pushed it away for years. But like growing up in Toronto, um, I was lucky enough to live in a, a suburb out of uh, the main downtown core which was nice, and we lived on a little, um, like, a crescent, so we would always go out and play road hockey and just get active and stuff, so it's weird being downtown where all the traffic is now, <laughs> but, um, yeah, mainly just, just music was the big thing when I was younger, and then school plays and whatnot, mm. and sports, lots of sports. So, like, growing up, like, did you have any idea that this is what you wanted to do eventually? Um, I think if you asked anyone in my family if they would have thought what I would go into it would definitely be entertainment and that was the same thing for me um and it wasn't until high school that I really got discouraged of going towards it because I think high school is the time when uh society kind of plucks out the most talented and says here you can make a job out of this and then everybody else go and focus on something else and for me because I was I'm, I wasn't a very disciplined person or a child growing up. Um, my mind was all over the place. Um, I like to hop from one thing to the next thing, trying everything. I was never like a focus in on one thing for a long period of time. Um, but music and entertainment was always something that came so naturally to me. Um, since I was little, I was always kind of like wanting to be the star of the show <laughs> and like the one to listen to and li- listen to my little stupid songs that I made, you know. Um, but yeah, in high school, I got really discouraged because I, I didn't get into my arts programs at the art school I went to. And I was just one of the collegiate, so one of the local uh, students. So I uh, kind of looked into psychology and journalism and <laughs> things like that, but 
nothing resonated with me as much as as acting and uh, and music always has. So I'm glad that I could make it out of into a career. It only took me going out of school, not going to university, not being sure what I wanted to do with my life, and then finally taking some time and refinding it. The universe gave it to me. <laughs> so. so, like, so how did you get started in acting? And did you start taking acting lessons? Um. Yeah. So uh, I did like a few plays throughout my my childhood of school school plays and whatnot, and then. When I was um, in grade 11, so 16 years old or so, um, I there was a Degrassi call, open call at my school, which was like a big Toronto show I'm sure you've yeah. heard of. Drake was on and everything like that. So uh, kind of a big deal. And like I went to a huge school and about 500 people or more auditioned for two roles, two roles and only four got called back and I was one of them. So for me, feeling like I, I had made, been made to feel like I wasn't even supposed to be in the line by some people in the arts program and to be called back by a professional, um, that kind of sparked my interest. And I had no camera acting. So when I went in for the callback, she's like, I love you for this role, but you need to go get training. So I graduated. I, I, um, that summer I went to L.A. I did a, an acting program in L.A. called SoCappa came back um, and then just focused in on year 12 and decided not to go to university. It wasn't specifically to go into acting, um, but I've always found myself in acting classes ever since. And I always enjoyed that. It was a great outlet. So you mentioned you went out to LA for acting classes. Like uh, Mm -hmm. how would you describe the experience from that? Life-changing. Um, I met some people who completely altered my my whole path of existence, basically. Um, and it was it was interesting because it was the first time getting on a plane by myself, first of all, and to go to LA as you know this this bright-eyed, big dreaming, sixteen, seventeen-year-old. Um, it was it was daunting and overwhelming, but I was so excited. Like I didn't have nerves about it um and it while we were still in a camp like it was it wasn't like I was just roaming the streets and then going to a class like every Tuesday or whatever it was 11 days of this program um and it it just really showed me this this different perspective like the possibility to actually make it into something and uh the program had different courses like acting and uh, photography and dance and filmmaking and the filmmakers had to make two films over the week or the two weeks that we were there and cast the actors in it and uh, I worked with some incredible young filmmakers who really shed some light on on how how much I loved being in front of the camera and also just being behind it too and being a part of production and being on set even though it was a small student set you know kind of thing but um, yeah, that really sparked my interest in it for sure. So you said after that, you went back to Canada and you, uh, finished, mm-hmm. you finished grade 12 after that, what was your next step? What did you do? Uh, panic, <laughs> <laughs> um, panic largely because I remember when I decided not to go to university, um, two people in so many words told me that I wouldn't really come to be anything in my life without a university degree but I was never an academic 
Um, I never liked school. So I, I had a gut feeling that if I went to school because everyone else told me that I should go to school, I was going to be miserable Mm. and I was going to be more depressed than I was at that point in my life. And I didn't want that. And actually the day before, um, or leading up to a week of the first week of university, like homecoming week, um, I actually applied to a shared and acting program last minute because I freaked out and then I never ended up going, but, um, it was, it was, yeah, I panicked. Um, and then I worked for six months and then I went to Australia for six months where I was a live in nanny for three kids, um, did that for about two, three months and then made really good friends with this girl from Whistler and we spent our days on the beach and I don't know how we paid rent, but we did (laughs) and it was fun. And like I did an acting class called Screenwise out in Australia, Sydney, Um, and then I came back and that's when I met with my acting agent, Robin Friedman and Danny Friedman, um, and got going. Yeah. Mm. So kind of a whirlwind, but it was, it was the hardest thing to just do something that I wanted to do and not let the naysayers stop me from that. Even though I didn't really know what I wanted specifically, um, but I just knew that it wasn't university. But you were motivated. So that pushed you. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I was motivated to find something. And I don't know if at that point in my life, I knew exactly what that was. I knew where my strengths lie, where, which were um, performance and talking to people and being out there. Um, But I didn't really, I wasn't certain that it was something that I could do successfully until I signed with Robin and Robin and Danny um, and went on my first audition, which was for Working Moms, and booked it. Uh, <laughs> that was a surprise. And I think that kind of lit this big fire under my butt that was like, oh, you can do this. Let's, let's go get it, girl. Um, and I started really believing in myself That's much awesome. more then. And now you star on Netflix Lock and Key. Yeah, I mean, the world's crazy. (laughs) The world is absolutely crazy, and I have no idea, like, what, who's looking down on me to have, like, just given me these amazing opportunities. And it's not like I'd be given them. That's the wrong choice of words. But um, it's been a fantastic little happenstance that I just happened to book my first one, which is not something that happens very often. Um, And to really push me on to do more and, and want to really make something out of, of this. And I've had the greatest agents ever too. So they're, they're fantastic. So how, how exciting has it been for you for starting on lock and key? What do you mean? Like when I got the call of me booking it? Everything. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> When I first got the script, which I actually have the physical first script I ever printed, um, the character's name was actually something different than it is now, than Eden. Um, but I remember going in for the audition and flubbing my my lines like three times. Really? Um, and I, I was like, I'm not looking mad. <laughs> Are you kidding me? But what I've learned as an actor is that if you mess up a line or, or stumble or something, that doesn't mean that you're not going to get it. It's about capturing the essence of the character. And I think what happened in that room was that um, I was told by Meredith Avril that I had made the writer's room laugh. 
And I think probably a lot of people went in reading for the role of Eden Hawkins with a very like just plain mean, just straight forward mean. And I was more so like the, you know, I, I took on this different kind of way of doing the mean, I guess. Um, but anyway, I, when I got it, they called me about a month later. Um, sometimes you can hear like three days later and sometimes you hear weeks later um, about booking something. Right. And uh, it was Danny Friedman um, who called me and uh, let me know. And it was so exciting, but I didn't know the scale to which the book would like, this series would be um at that point in my life I just said to Danny like oh this is good you know casting directors will see that I'm booking more things and Robin actually said to me uh Danny and Robin are a brother sister team um and Robin's my main agent and Danny helps and um Robin was like no kiddo this is on a totally different level (laughs) like (laughs) this is more than just casting agents seeing that you're working this is everyone in the world seeing that you're working um and I, I still don't think I fully got it until it came out. And we went to the premiere at the Egyptian Theater in Los Angeles, Hollywood. And it was just, whoa, I'm a part of this. Um, but what, going back to when I first booked it, I was hanging out with one of my friends at the time and was telling him about this lock and key series. And he jumps up and goes and grabs this really mint condition of all the six books. And he's like, this is my favorite series. Read it right now. I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, and I still have the books. I should give them back. Um, but I, yeah, from that point on, I just did some more research and realized that there was this huge fandom that I, I don't read many comic books. Like I'm not, that's not my area of expertise. So it was really exciting to see that there was so much love for it already. And just hoping that we would do justice for it. And I think they've done a pretty good job Mm. that, so. So, so you play Eden, and like, how would you do? How would you describe her? Um, for people who have read the book, um, she's a mixture between Jordan and Kim Trofer. Um, from what I believe, from having read the books, those are the ones that I can see myself as more than anything. Um, so she's got kind of like the airiness of Kim Trofer of kind of like, you know, the glamour key, like, you know, thinking more about the looks and the vein stuff. Um, but she's also kind of got this, this, this wit about her and deep dig that Jordan has. Um, and uh, yeah, Eden's, Eden's the queen bee of mm. Matheson High. She's the Regina George of Matheson Academy. Um, not Matheson High, sorry, Matheson Academy. Um, and while I don't think she's a terrible person to the core, I think she has a bad way of expressing what she wants and how she feels and <laughs> comes off um, as someone to not be messed with. <laughs> <laughs> so after you booked the role and you started doing more research and you read the comics mm-hmm. and everything, like, how close do you portray her as the comics? Have you changed anything about her? Is there anything you would change about her? Well, because Eden's not a character, she's a mixture. Um, so the, um, the Eden's like a character who I don't think they wanted a specific 
Jordan type character. So they yeah. made Eden. And so going into like Eden and uh, Kim, I find so many um, things that are complementary of those two characters that funnel into Eden Hawkins um, being a creation of the writer's imagination. And uh, I actually kind of like the fact that Eden wasn't a character in the books. Um, I mean, hats off to everybody who does who has a character who is from the books because readers already have a preconceived idea of how that per- like in their heads of who that character is and how they talk and how they walk and all those kinds of things and with Eden I have this this freedom to kind of create my own version yeah. with the words that are given um but uh yeah definitely Kim Kim Trofer and uh, and Jordan being the badass uh, but also kind of like the pretty girl stuck up in our head, you know, that kind of thing is uh, where I got a lot of inspiration for Eden. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned earlier how the, the show, the show took off fast as soon as it premiered mm-hmm. on Netflix. Like how do you mm-hmm. feel with the, the response that the fans have given you guys? It's weird. I feel like I'm in a little bubble um, where I'm totally not that aware of a lot of it. I mean, I, I'm on social media and I've been seeing, the cute fan edits that everyone's making and the art and um, the love that we've gotten online and, and, you know, being on IMDb's number one for how long we, as we were and being on the what to watch, um, you know, things all over the world is is pretty crazy. And also like the live scale uh, interactive things that they created uh, in Brazil of lock and key and all of that stuff. It's just, it's insane to think of, you know, we've been in millions of homes and the love and and the passion that we've poured into this project has been shared with millions of people. (laughs) It's a little bit overwhelming. Um, But uh, it's kind of weird because now that we're in quarantine, like I can't go out and talk to people about it or like I was in LA for a month afterwards. Um, But I think LA is kind of, you know, in, in a world of its own um where there's a bajillion different things going on so i haven't felt it too predominantly as you would think but it's just been like i've kind of just enjoyed um you know seeing how everyone's enjoyed it and and writing about it and all that fun stuff so it's been crazy Mm -hmm. to think that i'm a part of this yeah (laughs) what's so what's been what was your favorite scene that you were in in season one oof Easy episode five cafeteria scene. <laughs> that was an incredible day on set. Um, it was two two meetings of movement coaching um, beforehand. When I first read it, I was like, "Are they going to just make me go and figure it out? Like, <laughs> are they going to just say somehow get on that table and pour things on yourself?" Um, but of course Netflix doesn't do sloppy work like that. So they got me a movement coach and, um, an intimacy coordinator who I worked very closely, closely with. And the day of filming was just, it was my first scene where, because Eden's a lot of like, she's with other people and she's part, like little parts of different scenes of other people, you know, she just comes in and out. It was my first scene that I had where the tension was on this scene with Eden. Mm. And that was really cool as, as an actor to like have that kind of that focus 
um, where it was like, okay, this is, this is focused in on what you're doing and how to do it. And like, everyone's there to support you, um, which was an incredible experience. And then watching it, I watched it with my mom, actually, the day it dropped, we were both in LA, I took her to the premiere. We were both in LA and uh, we stayed up until three or four in the morning, just binge watching the first five <laughs> episodes. Awesome. And my mom was howling with laughter as I was getting up on that table because she didn't know. I didn't tell her anything. So it was uh, it was really, really fun. That's definitely my favorite scene. That was the scene where the keys are controlling you, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The music box. That's right. So, uh, how is it working with the cast? I had Kevin Alves on a few months ago, and I mean, he was just saying was how great it was working with the cast. Mm. I mean, obviously, I know you're going to say the same thing, but like, what was like your take yeah. on it? Oh no, I was going to tell you how horrible they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my goodness, I have to, I have to jump on that train with Kevin. Um, he's so right. Um, every single interview you'll you'll see with any of us none of us are lying none of us are trying to cover up some dirty secret in the back corner um it's so evident that there's so much love and support from everybody from people like darby who darby's done so much fantastic work on scandal and so star girl and all of these different productions and she's been in this for a long time and She's really the beating heart of a lot of this, a lot of this altogether. Um, I don't have any scenes with Darby, but she always, she would come in if she was on set, she would come into the makeup trailer and say hello. And um, she left us all a ray of effing sunshine cup with little Hershey kisses in it and a note. And um, everybody all together works. So well um, on and off screen uh, we've all become really good friends outside Jesse Camacho and I are basically best friends <laughs> like I love that guy to the ends of the earth and back again um, unfortunately a lot of us live in different places but when we are together because they live in different places we're all together in Toronto for an extended amount of time and you know, you got to keep each other company for those who don't live here. So we've, we go to, we've watched movies together and had dinner and played video games. And it's just, I, I haven't been on a set like this before. I'm, I'm relatively new to the industry and I've never, I've only really had day player roles or at least like two days, three days on set. Yeah. And this was my first time of six months of, you know, seeing familiar faces. And that was one of the most amazing things it was my it was kind of the feeling of a first community um because i didn't go to university it was i never had a place where i could you know go see people except for like an acting class once a week and uh being on set with people who i would just look forward to spending time with and i felt like they looked forward to spending time with me that was just like a a mutual love that extended far beyond the cast and into the crew and into the higher up people like carlton hughes and meredith Havrel, who been really friendly and uh welcoming and supportive so it's been amazing it's been a dream now i know you mentioned uh, that you didn't have any scenes with her like would you who's somebody that you would want to have scenes with next season definitely darby yeah. um i mean say going off of what i just said of just like how kind she is um darby is a fantastic actress as as we all know um and i think it'd be really interesting to see her work um 
Sherry's amazing too. Like, I mean, they're all amazing. I would like more scenes with Connor too. I think he's such a, he's, he's so thorough. He's so smart and thorough and he's got such a creative and, and bold young brain that's so wizened in so many ways too. I look up to Connor immensely. Um, but yeah, def- I think Darby, Darby would be really fun. I've done scenes with Connor and so Darby would be great, but I don't know. Uh, be interesting to see how Eden ends up hanging out with Darby. Hmm. <laughs> now, with, with this whole quarantine and everything, have they even given you a time frame when season two will might start filming? Ah, uh, there's no knowing. Yeah. Uh, we could we could toss around days like months, like the fall or something, but depending on how this all goes we have no idea and i I think it's best we don't get anybody's hopes up especially ours because it's just as actors you know we're all fidgeting at home wanting to go and do something luckily i have music to focus in on but i i know a lot of other actors don't have sometimes don't have a second thing to kind of focus in on and they're going i think everyone's going a little bit crazy right now but if nothing nothing we haven't heard anything though so with the with the music and everything, what's your what do you are you working on any project with that? Yeah, so um, I just put out a project for my birthday week, which was at the beginning of April, um, where I wrote, recorded, and produced some songs uh, that week um, and released them same day, kind of thing. And then um, right now I'm working on a uh, more of a professional. I've worked with uh, this producer named Gabriel Pick in Toronto. And uh, we're going to put some songs out together. Um, and I'm kind of working towards putting out an album at some point, uh, awesome. probably starting with an EP of a bunch of different sounds and whatnot. And everything is going to be updated on my Instagram. That's the best place to follow it because <laughs> I right. never know what's going to happen until it happens. <laughs> right, right. So uh, what's next for you in 2020? Any other uh, projects that you did before this whole quarantine started that uh, you can share with us? Um, no, I was really focused in on, uh, lock and key and basically just music. Like that's the biggest thing for 2020 that I I'm focused on right now because I can't do anything about the acting. Um, the music is my number one priority right now. How often do you, uh, do you play, uh, do you play instruments? Yeah, so I play guitar and piano. I've yeah. been teaching, reteaching myself. I never really got good at guitar when I was younger, so I'm I'm definitely getting better at it now um, and playing piano much more often. Um, but I usually, I'm not an instrumentalist. I can accompany myself. Um, my main my main thing is my voice mm. and how I use it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, lastly, uh, social media. How can the listeners find you? Yeah, so my Instagram, Halia Jones, uh, is my main place where I update um, everybody and keep in check with my life and whatnot. Um, and then I do have a Twitter under Halia Jones as well. Halia, this was fun. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. time.